and welcome to the morning briefing. I'm Jeff DeForest, along with Mike Luby Lubitz. Very happy to be here. Our maiden voyage on No Filter, and happy to be a part of uh, what No Filter is doing because uh, we certainly are people that are inclined to need No Filter uh, whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Going to start out. I mean, uh, this has been a sensitive topic, and uh, we, we originate uh, out of South Florida. Uh, people would refer to it as Miami. We're not actually in Miami, but uh, that doesn't matter anymore because uh, if you get outside of uh, Palm Beach. You're essentially in deliverance country <laughs> here in uh, Florida. The state is uh, completely out of touch, uh, the uh, north end and points north of Palm Beach with the uh, things that are going on here down south. But a very sensitive issue has been this uh, business with the sea aquarium here, where Lolita, a giant orca, has been uh, performing there like a circus animal for 53 years. Uh, and there was a lot of sentiment uh, to try and uh, set this animal free. Uh, it had recently taken ill, and that uh, sentiment uh, was uh, ratcheted up uh, quite a bit, including uh, an appearance here and a very heartfelt appeal. I guess this guy's a real humanitarian, it turns out, by the Colts' Jim Ursay, Colts' owner, Jim Ursay, who even when he cleans up, and, and uh, you know, I mean, my lasting image is that Nick Nolte mugshot they had of the guy <laughs> when they arrested him, and he had like four AK-47s, $50,000 in cash, a bunch of jewelry, Six passports with different aliases and the O.J. Simpson bloody glove all scattered throughout his vehicle. And yet the NFL, even though they would like suspend a guy for, uh, you know, maybe betting on a basketball game while he happened to be in a National Football League facility. And they would say, hey, you know what? L listen, Ridley, you're gone for the year. That's it. And uh, yeah, with Jim Irsay, they were like, eh, woman, what woman? I, I didn't see any woman there. I think he was by himself. Uh, no problem. But even when he cleans up, uh, he, he looks a little bit like uh, I saw him uh, with some uh, sentiments that he was expressing about. Uh, and uh, I guess he dedicated a lot of money to setting this Lolita free. And uh, they were about to do it. it. It looked like he should have been let go in the Puget South, mm -hmm. even uh, while, uh, you know, he, he had spiffed himself up a little bit. And uh, he, he looked a little like Travis Bickle in the taxi driver. In fact, I think he left the building uh, and they were trying to get an interview. Hey, Jim, you got anything more to say about this whale? And he was like, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. <laughs> But I bring this up for a reason. It's a very sensitive issue, and it's popped up in horse racing as well, Luby. As you know, we've discussed this. The animals don't have the choice to get involved in what turns out to be a dangerous game, or as football players do. We're seeing an inordinate number of players being carted off the field in the preseason. Do we say that every year? That, whoa, I've never seen this many injuries. Uh, tell you what, uh, they really got to look into some kind of safety measures in this game, or it's going to be hard to condone overall. Does it seem like there are an unusual number of injuries, Mike Luby Lubitz? That's what the land we say. So I don't think there's an unusual number of injuries. I will say I don't remember the cart being used as much. Like you must be getting frequent fire flyer miles. Like every freaking game, there's a cart, which I that is rare. That's they usually don't go to the cart. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, uh, one of the things about horse racing uh, that they, they follow uh, the they follow the uh, competitors as they're racing with an ambulance is close behind it. You're thinking, okay, that that's an indicator that maybe this is a high risk sport, and uh, you know we're seeing that, and we know about that. Uh, already a very early interview of Chris Nowitzki, the uh, guy that uh, first started bringing CTE to people's attention. Uh, you'll remember when we first saw him on, on a radio run, we were covering uh, the Super Bowl one year, and this guy's walking around with a little pamphlet, and nobody wants to talk to him. And, and we were at some rinky-dink radio station that had a collective audience of 0.0. .0. And so he said, yeah, hey, Chris, why don't you sit down over here? And he started talking about the whole concussion issue and how the NFL has whitewashed this forever. And, uh, you know, he, he became very prominent. But uh, this is the earliest I've ever seen him being consulted by anybody on network TV.
which, uh, you know, he's already talking about the inherent dangers of the sport, which uh, we know are there. But it's a very sensitive issue. Uh, animals don't get to make that choice. Human beings do. And yet, it, uh, you know, it does seem like a form of exploitation. Certainly in the Orca case, uh, the uh, case of Lolita. And yet, I, I don't know what's worse than uh, the exploitation of animals, Luby. Would it be the exploitation of children? Which is uh, kind of where we're leading off here today on the morning briefing. And that is, uh, like most of you, I'm sure you have the habitual nature to, uh, you're flipping channels looking for something, and then you automatically hit ESPN at some point. Do you know if you're a sports fan? ESPN. And you're saying to yourself, uh, all right, let's hope uh, there's maybe some highlights I haven't seen on SportsCenter or anything other than a soccer game. And I'll probably land on this for a few minutes. I, I, you know, we don't want to see any talk shows, that's for sure. I don't want to necessarily see screaming A. Smith screaming, can you believe these New York Knicks? We don't need any of that. But uh, the, the exploitation of children, I mean, uh, what are you doing right now with this Little League World Series? It's insane. Uh, and uh, you, you can't possibly believe that any of this stuff is on the level when it comes to the Little League World Series in uh, Williamsport. Pennsylvania. Now, uh, you know, if you played Little League Baseball uh, back in the day, you'd probably be inspired one day. Wow, I'd love to play on a manicured field there with fences. And, you know, you don't have the traditional Little League plays where, where the ball rolls between the shortstop's legs and goes between the left fielder and the center fielder, rolls all the way to the school. And even the fat kid scores from first base. <laughs> Great stuff, Little League Baseball, right? They throw down a second, throws in the center field. That guy overthrows third base. Uh, the runner scores, and then, uh, you know, they're just going around the bases like it's a merry-go-round. This predated the 10-run rule, which, I mean, when you have to have a mercy rule when it comes to Chinese Taipei, which uh, I'm hoping bookmakers uh, don't possibly, uh, you know, allow anybody to bet on the futures in the World Series anywhere down the road. Is Chinese Taipei. Should they be banned from the uh, Little League World Series? <laughs> they, they wouldn't even qualify for the College Baseball World Series. If they were in Omaha, they would say, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope. you guys are professionals. You're too old. <laughs> what, what, what do they do there? I mean, they must manufacture more birth certificates in China. <laughs> would you question the legality of some of these documents, Michael? What do you think? I don't think they don't look like 12 year olds. I'll tell you that. 12? <laughs> he's smoking a cigarette over in the corner and he's got a bottle of uh, rum, you know, and, and they're guzzling that while they're behind the fence there. And, you know, I've often told you about my first encounter with the Marlins when they first came into existence, 1993. And I'll never forget the image. Uh, I was, uh, you know, a big fan of the 1962 New York Mets, the worst team ever in the history of uh, Major League Baseball. Are the A's threatening that? Record this year, I think they had like 33 wins. 62 Mets had 40 victories. And, you know, that's the all-time great record. They were 40 and 120. And they didn't even make them make up those other two games because they were so horrible that they wouldn't want to subject people to it. It was deemed to be cruel and unusual punishment. And, you know, Senate uh, people were looking into the idea of banning, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, evicting uh, baseball from uh, or taking them off the end. They trust uh, laws. Fitted from right, they were saying, Hey, these are three, not uh, this year. Uh, they, they had like 33 wins, uh, they, they've been uh, absolutely abysmal at best. And, and yet, I mean, it, it kind of looks like this, uh, in, in some of these mismatches in, in the Little League World Series. 
Chinese Taipei, they had a perfect game pitched by a guy. If this guy wasn't 27 years old, he, he wasn't a day. <laughs> Incredible. But uh, they, they're subjecting us to this. I, I don't know. What is the reason? Is because they don't have to pay the kids? They don't have name, image, and likeness yet? How low will you go, ESPN? How low will you sink? It was one thing when they had the X Games and they were trying to get somebody killed, and I think they eventually did. And so now they've toned it down a little bit. Yeah. Where, you know, you, you only have six-year-olds involved in, like, uh, taking snowmobiles and driving them off a cliff. Exactly. Trying to do some kind of triple somersault while staying on the thing. Right? Uh, you know, I mean, the, the exploitation of children, though, I, I think is something that really needs to be looked into. And that's all we saw over the weekend on ESPN. What we did see is, uh, I mean, an incredible tennis match. And I, I will say this. Uh, if you're looking at uh, Novak Djokovic, has to be the toughest out in all of sports. I I know I hear you, right? Luby, what did you say? Jordan right away came into my mind. Brady, Joe Montana, maybe chucking a the rock there, uh, you know, and finding uh, Clark at the, uh, you know, in the end zone, and and out of nowhere, the guy makes a miracle catch. Tough out. Oh. Uh, you 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 can very tough out. Uh, Djokovic has even faced. Uh, any of the, uh, you know, greatest tough outs that you can name in the history of his sport uh, with Federer and Nadal, uh, maybe to a lesser degree, Andy Murray. And uh, he was a young guy uh, and eventually eclipsed those players in terms of being the one guy that, I mean, you can never discount this guy. How did he do it yesterday? I, I don't know if you had a chance to see this, but uh, in a first, it's like 93 degrees in Cincinnati. And I didn't look up the demographics of Cincinnati, Ohio, but is there a large Serbian contingent there? I don't think so. Because it's kind of interesting to me that the crowd seemed to be behind Djokovic. And I'm thinking, geez, did the Serbs come up with the hideous concept of making Skyline chili? <laughs> and they all settled in Cincinnati now, and they couldn't wait for Djokovic to make an appearance here at the Western and Southern Open. He makes the final, and uh, as anticipated, you, know, you had one of those one versus two matchups. And now uh, Carlos Alcaraz, because of the cockamamie rating system that they have in uh, pro tennis, and maybe deservedly so in his case. But um, what, what would you find more absurd? The math behind the quarterback rating in NFL football, the rankings in tennis, and or maybe uh, to a lesser extent, golf, golf the WBC top 10 uh, contender <laughs> rankings, which are largely dependent on payoffs and bribes. What, what, what is the most cockamamie math that, that you could come up with? Uh, uh, some of these new baseball analytic uh, statistics oh, yeah. uh, would have to be, I mean, tennis rankings would have to be up there. Would they not? hundred percent debatable. Yeah. I mean, debatable as to uh, who the number one player in the world should be. Cause if you don't play a tournament, you lose the points and then this happens and that happens and a year later, all of a sudden they add them back in. Nobody knows what's going on, but you would have to say it's a clear cut one, two Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic Alcaraz, 19 years old or 20 years old now and uh, sensational already a winner of grand slam events. Uh, just won Wimbledon in a bloodbath with Novak Djokovic Djokovic after the first set, uh, he he's got an ice pack on his head and he literally looks like speaking of ESPN. He, he looks like Jerry Quarry who got the shit beat out of him night after night on ESPN classics to the point where they finally had to pull the whole network. Yeah. No, nobody could take it anymore. <laughs> he is staggering around. Uh, they had shots of his uh, player's box. And uh, did you see Victor Conti in there? <laughs> he. he uh, Dr. Galea in, in the locker room. As uh, I mean, how did he do it? He, he comes back. He's the king of the tie break. 
Uh, he wins two tiebreakers and, and ends up winning the championship there at Cincinnati. Setting the stage for what he just saw, if indeed it happens again, where Novak Djokovic, who was like an eyelash away from being in a position to win the Grand Slam this year at 36 years old and playing infrequently, uh, is going to once again clash uh, with this Carlos Alcaraz kid who, I mean, you would have to think that he's going to be around for what? Like the next uh, 10, 15 years? You, you never know, but uh, he, he's already down pat and has a level of maturity that uh, is really uh, admirable uh, for a kid that's in his position right now because he could easily just flame out and end up like Andre Agassi did where, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, you know, grousing around on the uh, floors of some casino uh, hoping that somebody drops some meth and dropping to uh, like number 596 in the world and, and not playing anymore and then comes back as a brilliant comeback, one of the great comebacks of all time by uh, any athlete. But uh, anyway, Djokovic, what do you think? I mean, well, what do we conclude on this? Is he the toughest out in, in uh, all of sports? Is, is that a fair statement? I mean, I don't know of all time, but I know right now. I mean, as it is, the guy's in his mid-30s going, the, the guard seems to have changed, yet you can't just dispatch this guy. Like, he's either going to win or he's going to be in, in a five-set bloodbath no matter what. Like, this dude, it's, I give him a lot of credit for how much he still fights to, after all he's done. Amazing, yeah. And uh, he, he was literally a shot fighter in this thing. Uh, walking around like a zombie in the uh, Night of the Living Dead, uh, wandering around on the court, and uh, you thought at any time he's going to cough it up. I, I would have bet my lungs. Uh, it's amazing I can breathe today. I would have bet my lungs <laughs> that Alcaraz would have won the third set, which shows you, I mean, you know, talk about uh, being carted out on a stretcher uh, like these NFL players uh, have been during the preseason. They would have carried me out of the sports book in a body bag after uh, I uh, lost uh, whatever little capital I've been able to accumulate in my years here on the planet, uh, saying that Alcaraz could not lose the third set uh, of that match. Uh, we, we are caught up. One last thing. Right? We're caught up in the uh, messy mania here in South Florida. I, I think that's going on around the world. And uh, Luby and I have been researching this. We're trying to figure out if there is some kind of conspiracy at work. Conspiracy theory is very popular right now. Are they not? Oh, look at this woman in Atlanta, man. She's indicting like uh, the entire country pretty much. Uh, and they're all roped in there with uh, you know, the Donald Trump situation. Uh, but uh, Nonetheless, uh, is there a conspiracy among uh, Major League Soccer and the 30 teams in the league to allow Messi to score in every game? That, that was the question. Because <laughs> you saw nobody near this guy. You, you couldn't find a defender with a search warrant in the first, uh, how many games has he played now? Five or six. And he scored in every one. And, and he's a prohibitive favorite to get the first goal in every game that he participates in. Now, this time, I don't know. How did they rig this? Because uh, he... he is between five guys who are defending him. And uh, I'm imagining uh, Messi must be a left-footed kicker. And yes. Is that his strong suit, left foot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When he dribbles those uh, little bouncers on the penalty kicks, does he do it lefty or righty? Yes. Uh, it wouldn't matter. He could roll it with his nose. And the goalie's going <laughs> to, hey, Messi, says your mother. And the guy dives out of his way there. And here's this cavernous goal that is the size of the Grand Canyon. He couldn't miss it. But this was a legitimate shot, Luby. Uh, did we finally see the slightest glimpse of legitimacy to the messy takeover <laughs> of Major League Soccer and American soccer in general? Is that actual ability? Because uh, it's been looking like Metal Arc Lemon against the Washington Generals <laughs> since he came into the league. Take the Generals and the points. Because I think the Trotters are going to keep it close. I mean, that's how bad, that's how bad the uh, Inter-Miami, uh, what is it, club football? Club they have, must have some foreign accent on that thing because, I mean, they, they even fucked up the lettering on this thing, right? <laughs> I mean, they couldn't even name the team right. 
This was a bozoic organization that was being lambasted by virtually everybody until all of a sudden they landed this guy, Lionel Messi, at the tail end of what has been a brilliant career. And you're thinking, uh, holy Pele, man, we're looking at the New York Cosmos all over again. They did it with Beckham. You, you've mentioned a couple of other guys whose uh, names escape me that came into the Major League Soccer situation in yeah. similar circumstances as Messi, but had far less shelf life left. Which you're, you're thinking, Messi, at, at this rate, right? He could play till he's 70. Yeah. <laughs> he does. I mean, uh, it literally looks like, uh, you know, he, he's toying with the field there uh, in the MLS. This, this is a team that, that couldn't win a game against itself. Oh. In, uh, you know, an inter-squad game, uh, they, they would end up in a tie. That, that's how bad they were. And uh, they were at the bottom of a 15-team division. They were being talked about more in terms of contraction than any element of success. They're about to... Build this... that is laced with so much Messi has scored you did all right <laughs> I think we lost you there Mike Luby Lewis all right, all right. Uh, that, that's gonna do it for us that's a good note to go bow out on there all right <laughs> anyway uh, we think that there is uh, some kind of correspondence somewhere that uh the Messi has been I mean, the, the league has been instructed to allow this man to score in every game. Uh, that, that other dribbler that he had from 30 yards away that rolled by the goaltender as he was scratching his balls, at least make it look good, right? In professional wrestling, at least make it look good if you're going to hit a guy with a chair. All right, uh, well, we'll see you next time. That, that's it for the uh, morning briefing. For Mike Luby-Lubitz, I'm Jeff Forrest. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time on No Filter. 